The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers, to achieve their potential, and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Welcome, everyone. Ken and Cheryl here with Donna Finn. Uh, She's the editor of Inc. Magazine and author of Upstart. Today, we've got a very interesting show, and we're going to learn eight ways to profit from the success of Gen Y entrepreneurs. Well, we're in the midst of a perfect entrepreneurial storm, and more than 77 million members of Generation Y are smack in the middle of it. As the business world continues to move its resources online, this generation, conditioned to living and breathing technology, has both the know-how and the role models to effectively transform the business landscape. And given the current dearth of uh, employment opportunities, these net geners know that creating their own jobs and business plans is an increasingly promising path to uh, success. Learn how eight key factors contribute to Gen Y business success, so stay tuned. Well, before we get started, I want to remind everyone that we have our seven free videos for you, our listeners, to help you get a better job for better pay and a better life. To access these free videos, simply go to www.betterjobbetterlife.com. Now to give you a little more background on Donna Finn, she's an expert on entrepreneurship and small business trends and has been a contributing editor with Inc. Magazine for more than 20 years. She's an experienced keynote speaker as well. In 2001, she was co-recipient of the Women's Economic Roundtable Entrepreneurship Prize sponsored by the Kauffman Center for Entrepreneurial Leadership. Donna was a Riyadh-based correspondent for the Associated Press, and her work has appeared in many major publications. Her previous book was Alpha Dogs, How Your Small Business Can Become a Leader of the Pack. Welcome, Donna. We're delighted to have you with us today. Thanks, Cheryl. Thanks so much for having me. Well, before we uh, get into Gen Y and the lessons for entrepreneurs, tell us a little bit about your career and your role as an editor for Inc. Magazine. Okay, well, I'm, I'm actually a contributing editor, which means usually it's a sort of a misnomer because I don't edit much. I really write mostly, um, and I'm, uh, I'm independent. Uh, I've actually been involved with Inc. since 1983 when the magazine was first um, started, just a couple of years after it was first started. And so I've been writing about entrepreneurship and small business for a long, long time. Um, have sort of come and gone a little bit, but um, I just actually finished for Inc.com uh, the... Uh, 30 Under 30 Coolest Entrepreneurs Package, which you can find uh, online at Inc.com. So that was a fabulous project, and right up my alley, as you can imagine. That sounds like a very interesting uh, uh, tool and resources. Is that uh, uh, offered for free, or is that a... 
Oh, no, right. well, that's, um, that's our feature that we run every year. It's called 30 Under 30 Coolest Entrepreneurs. Oh, okay. Uh, and so every, every year we sort of pick 30 people who we think have done a really exceptional job of distinguishing themselves in the marketplace, and they're under 30 years old, and uh, uh, that's, uh, that's the package. So oh, okay, excellent. Well, we'll look forward to taking a look at that. Definitely. Uh, Donna, I just want to uh, congratulate you on uh, Inc. Magazine. I think it's an outstanding magazine. Uh, as you know, many magazines come and go, uh, a lot of come and mostly go, but Inc. has been a, uh, an outstanding magazine for many years, as you oh, say. Thank you. We have a so fabulous, many... fabulous team, so uh, that's, uh, that's why. It's really all about the people who work there. And it's, uh, and of course, you have many uh, whys there who are the very people you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us, uh, Donna, why you decided to research Gen Y entrepreneurs and how you went about it. Sure. Um, well, you know, a few years, I've been writing about entrepreneurship for many years, as, um, as I just said. And uh, two or three years ago, I began noticing more people starting businesses in their 20s than I ever noticed uh, in, my, in my 20, 25 career, year career writing about entrepreneurship, and I wanted to know why. Um, you know, what, what is it that, that attracts these young people to entrepreneurship? What kinds of businesses are they starting? Uh, what industries are they in? And, uh, and so I began, I, I thought I'd, you know, it would be a good idea to write a book about it. And so to do that, I interviewed about 150 young entrepreneurs to try to get a fix on kind of what makes them tick, what their DNA is, and, and Upstarts is, uh, is the result of that. Excellent, and I, I read how you did that online. Can you share a little bit about how you use the technology for that process? Oh, sure. Gosh, I learned so much from these um, from these young entrepreneurs. I, I really have changed the way I work significantly since I started writing the book. Um, I, I I figured that if I were going to write about young entrepreneurs, I had to live where they live, and and that was at that point uh, Facebook, and. Everybody has a Facebook page now, so this doesn't seem revolutionary at all. But uh, but four years ago, three or four years ago, uh, there was nobody my age on Facebook, <laughs> and or very few people. And when I announced to my kids, who were then in their late teens, that I was going to have a Facebook page, um, you'd think I had told them that I was going to wear my pajamas to school to pick them up, or <laughs> maybe even sing in public. But I mean, it was horrifying to them. But anyway, <laughs> every time I interviewed someone, I asked if I could um, do a friend request on Facebook. And so I ended up with a, with a huge community of young entrepreneurs on my Facebook page. And then what I did is I, I moved some of them to a private page, which still exists, where I could ask them questions as I was researching and writing the book. And, and that, that, that page still exists, and it remains private. Um, that's their choice. They wanted it to remain private because some of them actually end up networking together and doing business together. But, you know, for example, if I was working on a chapter on, on partnerships or on venture capital, I'd just message everybody on that private group and saying, you know, hey, guys, do you have any, you know, do you have any stories to tell about how you chose your business partner or your experience as venture capitalists? Or, you know, when we were further down the line, I actually put a PDF of the book cover up there and said, hey, what do you think of the cover? Any suggestions? So... Uh, I really feel that uh, the book was um, was a collaborative effort, uh, much more so than my first book, Alpha Dog, was. Um, so I, I I really feel that 
that uh, I learn so much from these folks that I, that I apply to the way I do business. Donna, the vast majority of our listeners are those that are either uh, currently unemployed and looking or those that perhaps uh, are underemployed or looking uh, to advance their careers. Share your um, findings with our audience relative to how they can take the skills and abilities and talents that an entrepreneur typically has and succeed in business. Um, well, you know, I, I think that, um, that, that the first thing is that you have to decide that you've got a passion for business as well as your product or service. Um, you know, as Michael Gerber, who wrote E-Myth, says, uh, you know, just because you love making pies doesn't mean you should start a bakery. Um, you really have to uh, be prepared for all of the day-to-day -day, uh, uh, strum and drang that comes with starting your company, and that's has to do with, you know, finance and marketing and customer service and not just the actual making of the product or service. So, you know, you may have a great idea for a product, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean you should start a business. So first of all, you have to sort of make sure that you've got passion for the business. Um, you know, what is your tolerance for risk? Uh, starting a business is risky. It's uh, maybe not as risky now as, as trying to get a job at a big company, but uh, it's still risky. Um, are you patient? Because there are a lot of ups and downs that, that come with starting a business, and um, you have to be willing to have, uh, you know, to have the stick to itness and to have the stamina to kind of weather the good times and the bad. Um, you know, big thing is, do you have a product or service that's in demand? I mean, you may think you have the greatest idea in the world, but if nobody will buy your new product or service, or there's not a demand for it, then um, it's all for naught. Um, and last, you have to make sure you have the financial resources. I mean, it's actually cheaper to start a business now than it's ever been before because of all this great cloud computing and cheaper technology that we've got. Um, but you still have to be prepared to, you know, take a hit on salary and be able to support yourself while you're while you're getting up and going. So there are lots of factors, lots of factors. And Donna, that uh, certainly uh, everything you said is basically what we say in our chapter on exploring entrepreneurial options. Uh, do you have any statistics on what percentage of wives actually become entrepreneurs as opposed to those that go into company consulting or contract? You know, I don't, I don't think those numbers exist. I just don't. I mean, we, you know, I think we, we know at any given point in time that sort of one in ten uh, people have the desire to start their own companies. Um, you know, how many, and there are a lot of Gen Yers. There are 77 million of them, so that means that there would be more of them or about as many of them as baby boomers. Um, but I think the, you know, I think we're, we still don't have those, those numbers on how many of them there are. I would love to have them. So any of your listen, listeners out there have those numbers, um, contact me immediately. Yeah, that would, be, that would be very interesting to know. Well, you're the mother of two Gen Yers, as you mentioned. How does Gen Y think differently than previous generations? Um, you know, I'm, I, it, it's funny. I, we, we, we read a lot about how this is a, these Gen Yers, they're the products of sort of overprotective uh, helicopter parents, that they're entitled uh, and I think there's probably some some truth to that. This this is a everybody gets a trophy generation, uh, and there may be a little bit of that. You know, I'm 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 special, and the world is my oyster attitude. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think the 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 big thing to know about this generation is that they're very collaborative, they're very team oriented, 
they're very group-oriented. And I think that as a generation, they've really kind of moved away from this winner-take-all mentality of doing business. Um, and they're much, more, they, they much, they, they're much more likely to view their success and gauge their success according to sort of how many other people they're sort of bringing along on that, uh, you know, on that road. So I'm very impressed with the generation, obviously. Um, you know, I do think that the, the, the criticisms about them are, are warranted, some of them, but I think they have a lot more positive attributes than most people give them credit for. Well, one of the factors of uh, successful entrepreneurship, aside from the risk tolerance itself, is, is just the confidence that you can, can succeed. And we talk a lot about that in our cycle of success. That's it, and that's yeah. what that's what Gen Y or baby boomer parents have definitely given their kids. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, that's eighty percent of the battle right there. Yeah, exactly. Well, we just have a few seconds left here in the show. Anything else to add as to why Gen Y would go after the entrepreneurships? Well, you know, I I think that it, the way they grew up has a, has a lot to do with it. They've witnessed their uh, parents being victims of corporate layoffs. They witnessed these corporate scandals, the financial meltdown. Um, it sort of gives them all, you know, negative reasons to, to stay away from, the, from corporate America. And on the positive side, I think there are lots of entrepreneurship programs in colleges and universities which are pushing kids towards um, entrepreneurial careers. And as you said earlier, um, lots of entrepreneurial role models like Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, we're going to take a little break here, but when we get back, we're going to explore the eight Gen Y strategies to success. So stay tuned. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Are you unhappy with your life? Looking to get unstuck from your rut? Are your fears of happiness, love, and success holding you back? You deserve a second chance. 
Tune in to Second Chances with Susan Armstrong. Each show will help you find your inner success. Whether it's financial success, relationship success, or the happiness and freedom in your personal life. You'll hear from Susan and some of the most influential guests who are talking the talk and walking that walk. Second Chances airs live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please send an email to TCS on air at TCSWorldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here, and we've got with us Donna Fenn. She's a contributing editor for Inc. Magazine and author of Upstart. And uh, we had a great first sec- segment and li- would like to now just give a brief overview, if we could, Donna, of the eight uh, different lessons that you'd glean from your research, and then we'll take each one individually. Sure. So I'll just go through the list, and then we can sort of hit them one by one. Um, it's, uh, first is building collaborative tribes. Secondly, deploying technology for competitive advantage. Third, disrupting the status quo. Uh, next, disrupting the Gen Y, or I'm sorry, deconstructing the Gen Y market, uh, leveraging and generating branding buzz, leveraging social mission, creating dynamic workplaces, and morphing and growing strategically. Well, did any of those surprise you? Were there some that you kind of fore, had foreknowledge of, but are there any that surprised you? You know, I think this, the whole idea of collaboration um, just I, I knew that this was a very collaborative sort of group-oriented, team-oriented generation, but I, um, when I, after I did the research and I started writing the book, I, the, sort of the, the extent of how collaborative they are sort of blew me away. And I, really, I made that a chapter on its own, but I really do think that that theme uh, is present throughout the book. So, I mean, I think that's a, that's a big thing that I, that I learned from these people, exactly how, you know, they're... they're um, you know, they're just incredibly collaborative. They don't worry too much about the competition, um, which, you know, which is very unlike previous generations of entrepreneurs that I've interviewed. Everybody's always so, you know, oh, I'm not going to tell you what my idea is because you might steal it. And Gen Y's attitude is I'm going to tell everybody what my idea is because then I'll get your best ideas to make my business even better. So I guess that was, that was what was most shocking to me, how willing they were to just tell everybody what they were doing. Donna, share with our listeners... Um uh, the status of entrepreneurs today as opposed to uh, those in business, all that's going on in Wall Street, uh, the economy, uh, things in general. Uh, just give us a sense of uh, how you say things today, where we are, where we're going, and how we're going to get there. Uh, that's an awfully big question. Well, I mean, you're <laughs> a great person. And a <laughs> you got all the answers, right, Donna? <laughs> I got, wow, yeah. Um, I have well, you know, I, I think you. that, um, you know, we hear over and over again that, that the creation of small businesses is what will, and the growth of small businesses is what will lead to economic recovery, and I really do believe that. Um, and, um you know, it, it's my hope as I read the paper that that the two parties can actually 
kind of get together on this. I mean, supporting small business should be something that everybody can get behind, that it shouldn't be partisan. I mean, we should all want to, you know, create an environment where um, small businesses have access to capital and they are, um, you know, and they and they have the resources to grow. Um, you know, what we have here is so very different from Europe. I spent a little bit of time um, in, in Europe over the spring at, um, speaking at a conference. And, you know, what, what I hear over there is that there's such a disincentive to growth because if you, once your company gets to a certain size, you're taxed like crazy and it's a, you're almost punished for being entrepreneurial or innovative. We don't have that here. We have a great entrepreneurial environment here. I just wish that we could, you know, we could support entrepreneurs more and small businesses more um, because I really do think that that's what's going to make our economy um, grow. Um, that, that's what we've got to do. I don't know if you've seen this morning's Wall Street Journal, but there's an outstanding article from a small businessman, and basically he addresses all the reasons why he is not hiring and will not hire because of the current business environment. And it's simply that there are just so many obstacles and so many bureaucratic policies and procedures that are just killing small business. And, of course, that impacts Gen Ys and entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. And I think, you know, we, we, what I've been hearing now is that we're not seeing the, the startup rate um, that we have in the past. It's sort of business creation has slowed down a little bit, and I think that's a, that's a big, big warning sign. Um, it's a big red flag. We have to do more to, uh, you know, to, to, to create a great environment for these, for these folks. In fact, we just, actually, Inc. just had a big, big story on, you know, how we need to create um, more small businesses uh, in our what was it, in the July-August issue, special report called Bring on the Entrepreneurs. So people should check that out, too. Absolutely, and, and we're entirely uh, in agreement with you and with, with Think Magazine on that topic. And uh, I think it's, it's, it's something that, you know, for all generations, uh, the business opportunities uh, and the creativity that they, um, they generate for our economy is just tremendous. If we could go back to your collaborative um, uh, concept for a moment, sure. Donna, because I think that's something that uh, everyone can learn from, not only the um, entrepreneur, entrepreneurs among us, but businesses in general are finding sure. that they have to become more and more collaborative and work more effectively at teams, um, both in uh, teams that are, you know, in one site as well as distributed teams and even international teams. The co- collaborations is so critical. Uh, what can we learn from Gen Y about the way to go about collaborative? Uh, well, work? you know, I, I think that uh, you know what, what what sort of surprised me and impressed me so much was that these uh, kids who are starting businesses really did not have a lone wolf attitude that they drew from every element of their lives to get people to help them uh, start companies, to get advice, to even to get financing. For example, I talk about um, a company called Grasshopper, which is a virtual phone systems company outside of Boston, and uh, those founders, uh, C-Mac Tagados and David Hauser, were Babson students who really drew on their professors to, to, as, as, uh, as, as people that they put on their advisory team. Um, and they've, they've now grown that company tremendously. It's very successful now. Um, there's another company in Connecticut called Hire One, which uh, created a card-based system for distribution for financial aid in universities. And when those guys were starting their company, they, they did something which I thought was incredible. They, 
they wrote to, they went to Yale and they wrote to about 50 Yale alumni and said, hey, we have this idea, but we don't really know how to go about it. What do you think of the idea? What's your advice to us? And my initial reaction was, oh my gosh, you, you have what you think is a great idea and you're going to write to 50 incredibly smart, well-resourced people and share it? Um, you know, aren't you afraid? They're, They're like, fearless. Oh, if our, if, our, if our idea is stealable, then somebody's going to steal it anyway. And, you know, we just if we don't do this, we're not going to get great ideas. So they ended up getting funding, and they got great advice. And now they're, I think, one of the biggest companies in the book now. They've grown incredibly. Um, uh, these, this generation is drawing on. They're also bringing their parents into their companies sometimes, which is, which is amazing. Uh, Donna, um, funding is obviously a key to uh, startups and business, entrepreneurship, and uh, share with our listeners your uh, tips on uh, funding, how to get it, how to go about it, who to go to, things like that. Well, you know, I'll tell you, as I said earlier, I think that starting a business now is sort of is cheaper and easier than it's ever been before given technology. So, I mean, I think you've got to, I mean, obviously the first, you know, your your first resource is your, is your own savings, if you have any, hopefully. I mean, secondly, um, you know, friends, family, um, angel investors. And the big thing is to just tap your network. I mean, if, uh, you know, ta- even if you're not in college, you know, tap your, tap your professional network, tap your alumni network, um, reach out to people and ask, like the, like the higher one people did. I mean, they didn't write those letters asking for funding. They wrote those letters asking for advice. And as a byproduct, they got funding because they were telling people about their idea, impressing people with the quality of, uh, of what they were proposing, uh, and then they got funding because of that. And so, I mean, I, I do think it's a, you know, it's only 4% of all companies get venture capital. So, I mean, I hate it when people think, oh, I'm going to get venture capital. Bottom line is you're probably not going to get venture capital. You're probably going to get funding uh, from family, from friends, maybe an, maybe a, a, an angel investor. Um, but, um, you know, but you're, you're going you're gonna to get that because people are impressed not just with your idea but with you as a, as a potential company leader. So you've got to have your ducks in a row and you've got to have your business plan laid out and, and you got to have a solid way to make money because, uh, you know, these little web-based businesses that build community are very nice, but not many of them grow into money makers. You have to have a way to make money. Donna, how about SBA loans? Are they um, still viable, um, your sta- the status of SBA loans today? Uh, you know, I'll t- I, could, I could wing that one, but i got to tell you, I don't know. I think there's probably two companies in this book that got SBA loans. So I don't, you know, my feeling is this generation, I, I don't hear that they're tapping the SBA very much for loans. So, um, you know, I do hear the people that get them, um, you know, I know are very happy and, um, you, you know, and, and grateful and, and those SBA loans have helped their companies a lot. But I don't hear of a lot of companies getting SBA loans. And when you talked about the viability issue, uh, are you finding that the Gen Yers in general are fairly realistic about the business model and the need for it? The business what? Sorry. The business model, you know, figuring out how they're going to make money. Yeah, no, I think I think that they are, but I do I do think that um, I I do think that a lot of them start by um, you know by just sort of doing what they love and pursuing the idea and worrying about. Uh, and worrying about how they're going to make money later on. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you're not asking somebody else to invest in your company um, because I think there has to be down the line some, you know, a revenue model or, you know, you're, you're, just, you're not going to get anybody to, to pony up. 
Well, I guess uh, if it's, it's something you can be passionate about and your friends can be passionate about and you can kind of build a groundswell that um, it's, it's somebody's going to be there to help you figure out how it's going to make money <laughs> right in the end. Right, right. So, well, we're going to need to take a little break here, but when we get back we'll talk about some of the other eight uh, strategies on uh, successful entrepreneurship that we've learned from Generation Y. So stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to betterjobbetterlife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. It's always 5 o'clock somewhere. Thursdays at 5 Eastern Time, be sure to tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel for Cocktails for Everyone with host Catherine Santonship. Catherine will take you behind the scenes of your favorite beer, wine, and spirit brands, the people that create them, and the restaurants that serve them. The program will keep you on the pulse of the beverage industry and may even keep you a step ahead of the bartender. Cocktails for Everyone airs live Thursdays at 5 Eastern Time, that's 2 Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Kenneth Cheryl here with Donna Fenn, and we're talking about upstarts to Generation Y, and there are great ideas on how to get started in your own business. Well, Gen Y is known as the net generation, and uh, let's talk just briefly, Donna, if we could, about how they've deployed technology for their competitive advantage. Sure. Um, well, I mean, as this, this technology is like the air that they breathe for, for this generation, so they're always looking to technology to solve problems that, that they have in their own lives. Great example is this little company called Zobni, which I love. Zobni is, is actually Inbox spelled backwards, and Zobni is an Outlook plug-in. Um, so if you have Outlook, uh, you can download Zobni for free, and it will organize your inbox to a degree that's just amazing. It sort of t- turns your inbox into a, 
into almost a social networking tool. Um, when I switch, it's only for it's only for PC. So when I switch to Mac, that's the one thing that I that's the one thing that I miss about PC is is Zobni. Um, so the founders of this sort of thought, oh, Outlook is very messy. We're going to make a technology that sort of that addresses that. So the individual version of Zobni is free, and then they have an enterprise uh, version that um, that is for pay. So that's that's one example of. Of, of a company that's leveraging technology to, to solve a, a problem that um, that people in that generation seem to have. Very interesting. Well, we've all experienced the impact of essentially constant change in our competitive uh, business environment. How does Generation Y use change to their advantage? And maybe you can give us some examples of where disrupting the status quo has paid off in a big way. Sure. Um, well, an example that I like an awful lot is uh, a company called Unigo, um, which was founded by a guy named Jordan Goldman. He's here in New York. And um, Jordan is a young guy who decided that he didn't like the, the resources that were available for college selection. You know, the Fisk guy and the Princeton guy. It's like he read these reviews of colleges, and there, there, the thing that struck him was that there are no student voices. There's not a lot of room in these big, clunky college guides for, for students to actually talk about how they feel about colleges. So he started a website called Unigo, which um, is all student voices um, talking about um, the various colleges uh, that they people that people go to, uh, putting videos online um, and sort of honest honest assessments of of, uh, of universities and colleges. And he's actually actually now just partnered with the Wall Street Journal, and I. I uh, his company is now very big and very successful, um, and and he's very much sort of, uh, you know, challenging the status quo. For years, we had only these big clunky books to uh, to consult when during the college choosing process, and now we have this great website, which actually my son used when he was doing his college selection process last year. Donna, let's switch gears for a minute and talk a little bit about uh, Asian uh, entrepreneurs. You talk about uh, they're being bullish on the future. Our experience in many cases is that uh, Asia and many other countries have huge unemployment rates among their college graduates, and this seems to be an enormous opportunity for these college kids to become entrepreneurs. Your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think that, um, you know, I think China is a very entrepreneur. You're talking about entrepreneurs in Asia. Right. Okay, so I, mean, I think China, both China and India, have very entrepreneurial cultures right now. Um, and, you know, we hear, of course, the entrepreneurial um, sort of mentality is, is very different uh, in Asia. And, um, you know, I think partly because, you know, there's no, you're not going to have any, there's not, no social networking is allowed um, in Asia. Uh, you know, no access to Twitter, no access to Facebook. Um, but, uh, you know, I think these youth are, uh, are very motivated to start to start companies and to sort of break away from um, you know from what previous generations have been doing. Uh, but um, uh, I think that the big thing is uh, that, especially in Asia, that there's a culture of um, uh, of failure being a bad thing, and we think we find this in Europe as well. Whereas in the United States, we sort of we've embraced this idea that it's okay to fail because you you learn when you fail. Um, but I think in, in Asia, there's this sort of mentality of, oh, my gosh, I, I fail and I'm, and I'm losing faith. And so when, you, when you're afraid to fail, then, then you're also um, sort of a little bit less likely, I think, to take risk, which is, which is what leads to success. 
in China, we were seeing, uh, interestingly enough, uh, pushback against the government. We're seeing it with Google. We're seeing it with uh, unions uh, actually saying to companies, uh, no, we're not going to take that anymore. I mean, years ago, that was unheard of, and today it's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, uh, court, go ahead. Well, I, you know, I'm really not an expert on Asian entrepreneurship. I would love to go back and talk more about upstarts. Okay, great. Well, uh, in terms of uh, statistics, we, we talked about, you know, not really knowing how many are actually uh, doing that, uh, moving into entrepreneurship. And if you think about the, you know, prior generations, um, we've always heard the statistic that maybe only 20% of startups survive. Uh, do you get any sense of whether the Gen Y is breaking those numbers or... Um, you know, I, I, I don't think that there is, I don't think there are any good numbers on the breakdown of what kinds of businesses survive by, by generation. Um, what I found, though, um, you know, I had a sort of little nasty surprise when I was writing the book, and that's when I started writing it. The economy was A-OK. <laughs> and then as, a, it was a, as it was yeah. about to go to press was when things started tanking. And I thought, uh-oh, I really have to go back and talk to every single person I interviewed and make sure that, um, you know, they're not in trouble. Mm-hmm. And so I did. I went back and I asked everybody, and uh, and I, I the the results were pretty astounding. Um, I mean, I think that uh, let me see. I'm going to go back and look. I, I think that only um, uh, I asked how the recession had impacted their companies, and uh, about 44 percent said that revenues would be lower than expected for 2009. So remember, this is when the book was going to press, but they they were stable. Um, only a tiny percent, five percent, said they'd taken a big hit and were hanging on and just barely hanging on. Um, an amazing twenty percent said the recession had actually been good for their companies, and thirty-two percent said they'd felt very little impact. Um, so I think one of the advantages that these young companies have is that they're started by founders in their twenties who don't have, you know, mortgages or kids in college or private school and. They, they don't have the financial pressures, and so they, they, can, uh, they can afford to run their businesses very lean um, and just sort of cut back expenses and maybe even live in mom and dad's basement if they have to um, for a while. So, I mean, I think, they, I think they have the advantage as far as survival in a tough economy goes. That's really interesting. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Will you talk about uh, deconstructing the Gen Y market? What do you mean by that? Well, I think that uh, the entrepreneurs of this generation uh, really have an inside track on what their particular generation needs and wants in terms of products and services. A fantastic example of that is, um, is a company called Mint.com, which is an online uh, financial resource that was started by a guy named Aaron Patzer because he didn't like the way Microsoft Money or Quicken worked. Those were too sort of clunky and time-consuming and uninteresting for him. So he created this sort of online tool called Mint.com, um, which which was very simple and sort of you know uh, sort of uh, divides your your finances uh, into a pie chart. Um, it's a very sophisticated system that mainly appeals to younger people. And his company was just acquired for 170 million dollars um, by Intuit uh, a year or so ago. So. You know, fabulous example of somebody creating a business really geared towards his own generation um, and doing it wildly successfully. Wow, very interesting. Well, branding has been the craze for some time, uh, really with all generations. How is Gen Y um, generating branding buzz? 
Well, I mean, I think they're very, very, they're a very brand-conscious um, uh, generation, uh, but they don't like mass-market brands. That is a, that's a very uh, interesting characteristic uh, of Gen Y. They don't like to feel like they're buying something that everybody else is buying. So the great example of a company that does that is a, is a, is a uh, clothing company called The Hundreds, um, and um, they make sort of streetwear, uh, T-shirts and hoodies, and other, and then uh, baseball caps, other articles of clothing um, that's sort of very geared towards sort of the skateboarding, you know, that kind of crowd, uh, urban crowd. And uh, they, it's a very successful brand, and they at some point had a chance to go into big mass market stores like Target, and the guys basically said, uh-uh, we're not doing that because we might make uh, a, a lot of money, but we're going to dilute our brand. They knew that if they, if, if they're, Customers, their very loyal customers, started seeing them in company in, in places like Target and Walmart. That their brand would be, um, you know, their brand identity would be diluted and would be devalued, and maybe um, be over with, huh? Yeah, exactly. Interesting. You know, you make make a quick buck, but your brand is gone. Yeah. Well, the baby boomer uh, generation has has been pretty committed to making a contribution and giving back. And as parents of Gen Y. How has their commitment to social mission been leveraged by, by the young ones? Well, you know, I think this is a very, very socially conscious generation. I mean, these are the kids that, you know, in, when they were in co- high school and college, went on these, you know, trips for Habitat for Humanity, and they, they're all into starting nonprofits um, or working for nonprofits. I, I find that uh, among the entrepreneurial uh, Gen Yers, that within their companies, they have uh, they have a desire to give back before they're even making a, a dime of profit, uh, and they're creating sort of social enterprises. A great example of this is a company out in California called One Hope, and this is a, uh, a wine distributor, and they make um, five varietals of wine, and uh, they give 50% of their profits to um, several different causes. The environment, uh, there's one, and each each wine is sort of branded with. Um, you know, with a cause. So one is one uh, donates to the environment, another to breast cancer, another to the, the families of fallen troops, one to autism, another to uh, to AIDS. And that and that company is, you know, it goes beyond the sort of typical, uh, you know, cause branding aesthetic of, of sort of more mature companies to say, you know, every every product that we sell is going to have a social mission attached to it. So, wow, um, what a great idea. Every time you imbibe, you, you get to help somebody. That's right, exactly. <laughs> so it's great for the brand. I love it. Well, you also wrote Alpha Pack on how to become the leader among small businesses. If you were to update that book, would you add anything based on your research with Gen Y? Yeah, I mean, for it, it was Alpha Dogs, How Your Small Business Can Become a Leader of the Pack. And that book um, was really about companies in very ordinary industries that have made an extraordinary impact on the marketplace. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that it, it, with the key word being ordinary, sort of not high-tech companies, um, but people like, you know, a bike, a bike uh, shop or an ice, uh, ice cream shop or a, or a bakery. Um, and I think that the companies in... in Upstarts that are alpha dogs in the making are companies like, for example, College Honks Hauling Junk. Uh, this is a company, I don't know if you've heard of it, but these are a couple of guys in northern Virginia who started just cleaning out people's basements uh, at, after their junior years in, year in college. And um, they now have a, a sort of junk hauling franchise. They now have about, I think, over 30 franchisees. They've professionalized a very sort of 
mature and boring um, business into something that's well-branded and that uses technology and customer service and, and, um, and employee motivation in a way that the most sophisticated kinds of companies would. Um, so I'd, I'd include them, and I'd probably include another company, actually down your way, called Restoration Cleaners. It's in Houston. Um, and this is a guy who, um, you know, who started a cleaning company, didn't know anything about cleaning companies, um, dry cleaning companies, and created a peer group, a nationwide peer group, to help him figure out how to start his company. And now he's saying, what, what was the one for the junk? College hunks hauling Co- junk. College hunch. Hunks. Oh, college <laughs> hunks hauling junk. <laughs> okay. Well, we uh, we got to take a little break here, but when we come back, we've got more insights on success strategies and opportunities, so stay tuned. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. Michelle Core Six Degrees is your connected consciousness. Six Degrees is what comes around, goes around radio. Committed to delivering a fresh perspective on thought-provoking, investigative information that can change your life. Six Degrees connects you to the social and emotional scene and is your trusted advisor from finance to romance, mainstream to metaphysical. It's a positive, upbeat look at life, love, and the pursuit of passion. Get connected Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com you are listening to total career success with ken and cheryl dawson do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Donna Finn, and we've been talking about um, Generation Y and all of the 
um, wonderful businesses that they have started in, from talking with um, the upstart generation. Uh, share with us, Donna, oh, what seems to be um, big or why Generation Y is big on creating dynamic workplaces, and maybe you can give us some examples of that. Sure. Well, you know, I think when I, uh, I think that these, these, this generation of entrepreneurs is very uh, concerned uh, or very motivated to create the kinds of companies that they would want to work for. Um, and for a lot of them, that means, uh, you know, we, we, we have this sort of perception of what that means, that people are bringing dogs to work and coming to work in flip-flops and there are video games in the break room, and there's definitely a lot of that. Um, and, but I think it's, it's sort of misunderstood. People think, oh, these kids don't want to work. They just want to play. But the bottom line is that they really do think of work and life as a sort of 24-7 mashup. And so they may stay at the office 10, 12 hours a day. And so guess what? When you, when you work that hard, you might want to take a little break and, you know, play foosball or wee in the break room or toss a ball to your dog or something. It sort of makes you more productive on, in the long run, I think. Um, but the other thing is that um, I think you find that these workplaces are more, are more team-based because I think this generation uh, of employees uh, particularly is more productive in teams. I think you find a lot of companies doing very focused on training. For example, there's a great little company in Chicago called Eved Services. It's run by a woman named Talia Masayich. And uh, it, uh, she helps hotels manage uh, corporate events on site. And she has a young workforce, and she decided that she would start her own um, on-site university. So she's got Avid University that has a curriculum, and people are required to take courses every semester. And, she, and, and she's included. She takes courses, and she teaches courses. Um, she thinks that it's really helped motivate her younger workforce. And there's another company for example, out in California named Studio 7 Media, also run by a woman, Cindy Sugra. Um, and she has a very sort of flexible, open workplace where people can you know, ride their bikes in this sort of warehouse-like environment um, or, you know, to, or, or uh, have a barbecue at a fire pit on the roof. Uh, or she's even got this room where you can uh, play music. She's a guitarist herself. So she's got a lot of instruments and a lot of recording equipment where people can sort of go blow off steam. Um, so there's that, and there's also a lot of uh, scheduling flexibility um, and also a lot of mentoring. A lot of these companies will pair their young employees with mentors, um, and, and, and also important to say that older employees can also uh, learn a lot from the younger ones, too. Yeah, so I excellent. Think. I see some of those trends uh, going on in, in the larger companies, too, with, um, you know, the dynamic workplace. And I think it probably started really with Gen X, especially with the, um, the IT companies. Right, uh, right. Seem to kind of start that trend, but I can see where um, Gen Y could be taking it to, to a whole new level. <laughs> right, because I mean, I think this is the kind of workplace that that younger people really crave, and and you know, they're a big generation, so they're going to comprise a greater and greater percentage of the workplace going forward. Well, they're just going to replace the boomers, and <laughs> well, you know, I think that the don't you think the boomers like a lot of these they benefits? Do. As well, I'm I think boomer, they're good for so I can go for it. Yeah, very good. Well, some uh, small businesses in general have have always had the um, advantage over big business and the ability to adapt quickly to changing environmental and competitive factors. How has the kind of morphing and growing strategy helped Gen Y to excel? Well, I think these companies tend to be, these young companies tend to be very agile, and maybe part of it is 
um, you know, the attention span issue. It's like, oh, goodness, something's not working or something's changing. I better change with it. Uh, that can sometimes be a disadvantage. You don't want to, you know, be, be too distracted. But I do think what happens a lot is that these people will see uh, changes in the marketplace and then they move very fast to respond to them. great example is the woman out in Denver named Rachel Hennig who has a company called Catalyst Search, um, which she started when she was 19. She's very young. Um, and it was an IT recruiting company. It uh, was doing quite well. And then 9-11 happened and it absolutely tanked and she was on the verge of bank- bankruptcy. Uh, and then sort of in 2003, she'd noticed that this, there was sort of this little technology revolution in healthcare, and she decided to switch her focus to IT for the healthcare industry because there was talk of healthcare reform, and, uh, and this seemed to be a growing industry. And as we know now, it's, it, that was a great choice because, you know, everybody who's in the healthcare business is making money, is making a lot of money or a lot more money now, especially when it comes to sort of, you know, making the healthcare industry more technologically advanced. So she morphed in a way that really saved her company. Um, and, uh, you know, another great example, TerraCycle uh, is, is a company in New Jersey um, that started out making uh, uh, organic fertilizer out of worm waste. And it was the first product entirely made of garbage. Even the bottles were recycled bottles and the spray tops were recycled. And at some point, the, the founder, Tom Zaki, said, you know, oh, we got this great product that's a fertilizer, but our real um, core strength is in um, is creating packaging out of garbage. And so what this company does now is it works with big brands like Kraft to collect um, waste like Capri Sun pouches and to refashion those into new products like pencil cases and backpacks and that are sold through Target. So, you know, here's an example of a company that started out making fertilizer and is now making, you know, making products out of um, out of waste, so it's a, it's a pretty dramatic transformation, but one you know one that Tom made based upon what he noticed in the marketplace. Oh, that's that's fascinating. <clears throat> I, I imagine healthcare will be a big area that um, Gen Y could really make a tremendous uh, contribution. Yeah, I'm sorry. What? Well, I'm sorry. Uh, healthcare. Oh yes, exactly. Yes, I I, I would think so. I mean, that's um, you know we always read that that's an industry where there's a lot of opportunity for entrepreneurs now. And a lot of creative and, and just kind of going along the line of, of, you know, not having the mass marketing, but they're getting into very specialized kind of custom uh, solutions for, you know, medications and so forth. And mm-hmm. Tre- mm-hmm. treatments is becoming very, very customized. Yeah, lots of opportunities. to see yeah. how they make uh, contributions to that, to that market. Yeah, we'll be watching that, definitely. Well, you interviewed a number of well-known entrepreneurs and shared their lessons uh, at the very end of Upstarts. Uh, what were some of the main themes that, that you saw flowing from those uh, comments? Well, I mean, I think that th- there were a few. I mean, one was, you know, don't listen to the naysayers. That was Guy Kawasaki's advice. You know, no matter what people say to you, no matter how many people say, oh, that won't work, if you think it's going to work and you have passion for it, then, uh, then, just, then just go for it. Um, I also like Tony Shea's advice. Tony Shea, as you know, is the um, CEO of Zappos, which is just he just sold to Amazon. Um, and uh, and his advice, uh, I think, is is wonderful, which is that you know you have to have passion, and you should always chase the vision and not the money. Uh, so if mm-hmm. you're sort of chasing the money, um, it's sort of the wrong path. But if you're sort of passionate about something, and you have a big vision, and you're focused on that. Um, then eventually the money will follow, and I, I think that's great advice, and certainly happened to, in his company. Um, 
Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. The whole idea that you've got to start with the passion and the vision and build from there um, will, even if you have to go through some failures, will ultimately get you to this the cycle of success that we like to call it. Right, right, exactly. Well, tell everyone where they can get a hold of Upstarts and maybe some of your other resources. Sure. Uh, well, you can check out, you can read a little bit more about the book on upstartsrock.com. Um, you can read about the book there. You can get the book on Amazon. Um, I'd love it if you'd also check out my, my blog on BNET CBSI, and the blog is called Upstarts and Alpha Dogs. I've got a YouTube channel where you can watch a, um, you know, a video about some of the entrepreneurs in, the, in Upstarts. And, and also check out um, Inc.com's 30 Under 30 package. I have a lot of great content there, uh, and I also have a blog on, on Inc.com. Excellent. Well, great resources. Thank you so much for the information you shared today, Donna. We've got another great show coming uh, next week, so be sure to join us then. Thanks for having me. Donna, thank you very much. Take thank care. Thank you. Bye-bye, guys. again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.